Hello everyone, you're welcome again to another episode of the Green Living Chats podcast. This particular episode is quite unique because it is part of our new Paradigms of Education program where we are exploring different ways of tackling our educational process and critical thinking. This particular episode is part of a series of conversations that I had with Isaac Stoddart, who is a PhD student in Sweden, and he wrote a very interesting paper. And I felt that what we could do was to dive into this paper, look at what it does, and then also look at how the thought processes came together to come up with this paper. years after the publication of the first IPCC report and and uh, the beginning of the international negotiations and all sorts of a swathe of different kinds of climate action, we still see that emissions are you know, more than 60% higher today than they were in 1990. Uh, and we've also emitted more fossil carbon over just these three decades than uh, previously throughout history. Of course, that has been very uh, unequally distributed across the globe and between countries and between people as well. Now, this particular paper is quite unique because it's a huge review paper with 23 co-authors. We have authors from different kinds of disciplines coming together to deliberate on one particular topic, which of course is global warming, a very important topic. And they look into this topic of three decades of trying to deal with the global warming crisis or carbon emissions and why we haven't bent the curve. And so in exploring this topic, they cover it from nine different lenses. And I find it absolutely remarkable that Isaac and his co-authors were able to come together to do this truly remarkable work. So in the first part, we discover how this paper came about and what went through the paper's conception and the processes that led to its eventual publication. And we also go a bit off record to talk about the review process. And I hope that you learned something from it. I learned a lot from it as we shared our experiences. So let's know what you think about it um, and let's know whether we should do more of this from your feedback. But after this particular part, which is the first part, we're going to dive into the paper in the other parts as well. But we have decided not to make it part of the whole recording so that we can take our time to deal with the different topics because it's a huge paper and it needs a lot of time and thinking to fully grasp the concept of the paper. I hope that you enjoyed this conversation. I really enjoyed talking with Isaac and I know that you're going to learn so much from him as I did. Here we go. Welcome everyone. Welcome all of you listening from all around the world. Uh, it's, uh, it's another episode here on the Green Living Chats podcast. And today we have Isaac Stoddard and he is about to blow our minds <laughs> up. Uh, I came across a paper of his and I just couldn't stop thinking about it. I had to, to find a way to talk with him and also to get all of you to be listening to him. Because um, if you loved audience climate finance, you are definitely going to love this as well. 
And we're going to talk about some pretty controversial topics. <laughs> but I hope that you enjoy listening and that you learn a lot from it. And um, okay, so here we go. Isaac, you are very, very welcome to the Green Living Charts podcast. Uh, we are so excited to have you. Thank you, Daniel. It's a pleasure to be here. Yeah. So um, we are just going to go straight to uh, our conversation. I want us to uh, first get to know you. You know, who is, who is Isaac Stoddard? What kind of journey has brought you to this point? So please tell us about yourself and how you have come to be here and uh, to become such an active voice in, in, in the area of, uh, of climate change and global warming. Well, thanks, Daniel. And, and thanks also for uh, uh, increasing the listeners' expectations of what we'll <laughs> go through here today. I hope uh, that I won't disappoint you. Um, it's, it's really nice to be invited to your podcast. Uh, I've been listening to a few of the earlier episodes, and it's, it's a great thing you're doing. How to introduce myself? I guess I find it a bit curious uh, that, that I'm an active uh, voice within the climate change global warming discussions. But in some sense, I guess it makes sense as well. I think our lives always make sense, but maybe not so clearly until afterwards, once you sort of look back at your life and, mm. and see what you've been through and, yeah. and, and what made you come to the situation you're in. I grew up in Sweden, and I also grew up in the United States. Uh, my father is from California, West Coast, United States, and my mom is from Sweden. But I spent most of life, my life in Sweden, in and around the city of Uppsala, which is mm. uh, just north of Stockholm in, in Sweden. And I guess to start from the beginning, I guess what's always motivated me and always has uh, kept me going and searching is, is a sense of care and I guess respect for all living beings uh, here on this planet and, and also a sort of anger, I guess, uh, at, at the sort of the destruction that, uh, that, yeah. that many humans and our, our societies wage on, on, on the, the more than human world. So I think it's always been about sort of taking a stance also against things um, and the injustices we see all around us in, in different forms against other humans and against uh, the more than human world. And I guess I, if I look back on my life and thinking about this, I guess we might come talk about education a little bit more later and, and sort of our educational systems, mm -hmm. and at least our universities and so forth. But I guess for me, this kind of strong sense of, of, of care for the, for the living world uh, has been with me since childhood and, and mm. probably uh, comes from having spent time with, with my family members who also have sort of instilled this in me and spending time in those environments. And I guess I feel that uh, looking back at my education in some ways, edu my educational pathway as, we, as well, or at least has been to some extent marginalizing that sense um, and also stifling that sense. and, and in some ways, I guess, uh, if I look back at my life, it's, it's been about getting lost mm. <laughs> and, uh, and then finding my way again. Yeah. Um, and I think I'm still on that process mm. in a sense. <laughs> and I think, but I think that's what life is about. We make mistakes, we stumble, we get up again, and hopefully we learn something along the way. Um, and when I was sort of most lost at one point, I, I was lucky enough to stumble into a context uh, here in Uppsala uh, University Center that we can speak more about later, um, the Center for Environment and Development Studies. And that changed my direction quite a lot. Mm. Uh, and I just realized, looking back and thinking about this yesterday, that, that was 17 years ago. So I'm getting old, wow. oh. <laughs> I guess, at this point. Oh. 
Um, but that was sort of that was sort of a turning point, and when I started, I think finding my way against, and also starting to recover, I guess, from from the, the trauma of our educational system, if you want to put it that way. And if I become a sort of active voice within the climate change movement and the broader uh, movement of, of ecological crisis we're in, it's been because of the people and the sort of experiences I've had since uh, having luckily stumbled into this unique and odd little center at the university here in Uppsala. So I have many people and many experiences to thank for where where I have. Uh, ended up today. Yeah, it's it's amazing. Wow. It's also remarkable how when we think about our lives, we see how much we can be grateful to so many people who have been a part of our lives and really pushed us to be the best of ourselves. Um, so thank you so much for that. And I hope that that encourages someone as well. So, so we're going to go into the main reason why we're here. Today, we are, we are looking at a topic, why haven't we bent the global emissions uh, after three decades, right, of, of research and talking and meetings and putting in strategies here and there. But this is from a paper that you wrote with your with a colleague, Dr. Kevin Anderson, and, and then many other co-authors as well. It's a paper that, you know, when you read, you know that you need to take like a whole month to digest each section. You know? <laughs> um, so, yeah. <laughs> It took me quite a while to really go through everything. I mean, that's always good. I, I, I sort of tell people that you don't expect that you just understand someone's work, you know, someone's work that he's spent, you know, all that time doing in just five minutes, you know, uh, try to mm. respect the, the, the weight of, of the, the research that someone has done. And so uh, this is the paper that we really need at this time because we need the voices that challenge what we've been doing and to help us to think more carefully about what we've been doing. So in your paper, Three Decades of Climate Mitigation, Why Haven't We Bent the Global Emissions Curve? Um, could you just walk us through? Because you said something during our preparation talk, which I really liked. Uh, and could you just walk us through, you know, how this, this paper was conceived, you know, the conception of this article? And why do you think we need such a, such a document today? Well, why we need such a document today, I'll, I'll let the others others be a judge of that. So, <laughs> so others that read the paper, so like yourself, I would be really curious to hear what your thoughts are on that. Looking back again, I would have probably written a slightly different paper had I written it today. Uh, at the same time, I want to emphasize also that this was a very collaborative project and, 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 and so forth as, that you touched upon as well. So we were 23 authors uh, that contributed to the, the writing of this paper, and everybody was very active in, in discussions, discussions, and also shaping it. And so, in that sense, there are some, there were some tensions and contradictions that had to be worked out within the author groups, but also a lot of common ground that we found in, in writing this in this this paper. But it is a compromise in some ways as well. Of course, uh, trying to write a paper on controversial topics such as these with 23 academic. People is not the easiest of tasks, especially when everybody comes from different disciplines and so forth. Yeah. Uh, so anyways, I, would, I, I think it's been an amazing learning process to write this paper. Uh, that's the first thing I'd like to say. And um, having said that, I don't know, you know why we exactly we need such a document today. I would still say that uh, we tried to ask some fundamentally difficult questions that we think have been underrepresented in, in the sort of academic and also public debates about climate change and where we are at at this point. Uh, as you said, more than 30 years after the publication of the first IPCC report and and uh, the beginning of the international negotiations and all sorts of a swathe of different kinds of climate action, we still see that emissions are you know more than 60% higher today than they were in 1990. 
Uh, and we've also emitted more fossil carbon uh, over just these three decades than uh, previously throughout history. Mm. Um, so I think that's kind of that's kind of a numerical quantitative framing of this. And of course, that has been very uh, unequally distributed across the globe and between countries and between people as well. But we hope, I think, in, in a sort of broader sense, I think this paper, um, you know, I hope that it can contribute to a conversation and, and ask some difficult questions yeah. and also helps to resituate climate change and climate change mitigation in a much broader landscape of issues. And also to perhaps challenge the idea that climate change is the problem to be fixed and, and suggest that a more proper way of looking at climate change is as a symptom of an utterly unsustainable and unjust uh, development trajectory uh, driven by particular actors, particular mindsets and particular ideas and deep-seated vested interests as well. I guess this idea, we can come back to that later maybe, but this idea of also knowledge production and research being a part of that landscape, I think is something that we really try to emphasize in this, that we're not neutral observers to others' failings. We are yeah. also implicit yeah. in, in this as well. Hi there, just a quick one. If you find our conversations worth listening, why don't you share them with your friends in connections? Please help us reach more and new listeners by leaving a review, commenting, or rating us on any platform where you get your podcast. We can't wait to hear your thoughts and ideas, so share them with us via a social media platform or email. Find more details in the show notes. Now let's get back into today's conversation. I would like to know how does one write such a paper? Well, uh, first of all, I, I would say that it's yeah, I, I I stumbled upon just as I stumbled upon the university center that I mentioned earlier. Mm-hmm. Uh, I stumbled upon this opportunity as well. I, I would say, um, and the the invitation to write this paper was first uh, sent to Kevin Anderson, who mm-hmm. you mentioned earlier as well, a close colleague of mine, and it was sent to him by one of the co-chairs of of uh, the upcoming IPCC report, Working Group Three, so the one focusing on mitigation. And Kevin's been an outspoken critic of Working Group Three for a long time, <laughs> uh, and I guess so. The invitation was, I guess, welcome, but also Kevin realized that he this would take a lot of time and effort, and he realized that his his time is limited, and he has mm-hmm. many other things. But after discussing this with me, we came to the conclusion that it's a good opportunity to write something and try to really reflect back upon these issues at this moment in time. So we decided to take it on together. Uh, So that's how it started. And we then realized, well, we need to sort of bring this question down to the ground a bit and also to um, separate it into several sub questions and themes. And when we did that, we developed nine different what we call thematic lenses for this review then that we were asked to write. And quite quickly we realized we were massively not up to the task of writing this <laughs> on our own. <laughs> so so we invited uh, some 20 other authors from around the world, different disciplines and different backgrounds and different experiences, also including practical experience, not only sort of research experience, but also practical experience of participating in the international negotiations, for example. And we purposely selected those within their fields, I would say, that were critical of any sort of mainstream orthodoxy within that field and and were willing to question some of their colleagues Mm. uh, because we thought that that's also what's needed. So that's that that's flavors, of course, the, the article that we wrote. And it 
challenges, I think, I hope, some of the fundamental assumptions and starting points that we've had for a long time when thinking about uh, research and knowledge production around climate change and climate change mitigation. So these different authors that we invited, they focused on, together with another colleague uh, that we selected also, so we put them together into pairs, more or less, uh, focused on these different uh, thematic entry points into this broader question, and we can go through them in a second if you'd like to hear what they were. But there was a lot of iteration and back and forth, and they wrote, you know, they summarized what they thought were some main points within their fields uh, that can shed some important light on this, this question of how we continue to emit um, carbon emissions and other greenhouse gas emissions over these many years, despite knowing that it's it's not such a good idea. And once we gotten those contributions in, we looked for some form of narrative or some form of bringing these different descriptions into a sort of a patchwork and not a complete description of all the reasons why we mm. failed on this, but rather creating some form of narrative around this. And it was quite hard. There was many things that came out, both sort of uh, commonalities in the, in the critique or in the analysis, but also differences. Mm. Uh, but one of the things that really emerged in the writing of the paper was the central role that power has played uh, yeah. in, in manifest in different forms uh, over the years and going back long into history, but also now today as well. That's kind of a, a backdrop to to how the paper came to be written. And I guess it's, it was published in October last year, yeah. uh, just before uh, COP26 in, in, uh, <laughs> in Glasgow. <laughs> it's a way you sort of aim into... Uh, to have it published before before COP twenty six, no, it wasn't. It wasn't. That was the that was the journal's uh, scheduling. Okay. Uh, they, they, that, that was the time the, the that particular volume for uh, the journal, which was the annual review of environment and resources. So that yeah. was when their uh, that was their publication date, a few weeks before COP. So quite timely, I guess. Yeah, that was very good. <laughs> very timely. Um, it's it's very interesting the sort of conclusion that you come. Uh, you come to the central role of of power uh, or power play, um, which is quite interesting because it's been clear to me as well that it's always been a power play, you know, um, going on over there. And I wasn't surprised, but I was I was just so much in agreement with with the conclusion that you made, which is not something I was expecting. Um, it wasn't something I was expecting. The way it just came out, I felt. Well, you really did justice to that. And, and you spoke of some of the differences that you, the co-authors, you know, were having during the drafting of the paper. Do you find any of them uh, so significant that you could share with us? Having said that, I would say that it's surprising that the, the lack of uh, disagreement on, on some fundamental mm. uh, questions, Okay, I would say. So that, that's sort of what stood out more than, right. than the... So it was more on the detailed levels in terms of, you know, okay. uh, different, All right. uh, let's say, um, uh, questions and so forth. But I, I guess one should say also that there was, when you write a paper with 22 other people, whoever you are in that process, you have to have some willingness to uh, accept that what is written will not completely mirror your own mm. uh, understanding of yeah. the problems. And there will be important things that will be missed out and so forth. Yeah. And that was definitely the case, especially I think there was some discussion when when we were in the process of, of creating these different uh, groupings of the different lenses into into different sort of trying to bring out some form of narrative. That's when it becomes because always when you create a narrative out of something as messy as this process has been and sort of different entry points that kind of uh, is brought to the fore and emphasized. Yeah. And of course, we could have emphasized other things as well mm. than the ones that we focused on. Mm. 
but so I think there there were some critical uh, discussions uh, around around that process. Mm. Uh, but overall, yeah, I would say that I, I'm surprised having. But I think it's because we had that iterative process and and where we also tried to select people that might have different entry points also within each which in within each thematic area. There were people that had different uh, perspectives, so they there was a sort of internal peer review, I guess you could say, between oh, yeah. between the authors yeah. uh, of each of each section, and then. Yeah. And then, of course, uh, yeah. of course, but um, yeah, that's. I don't want to sort of emphasize any of the particular. I understand. There's yeah. disagreements because there's nothing that really comes to mind now. Actually, that was mm. that was that was fundamentally at odds with each other. So. Well, um, I this 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 I'll probably say this is um off the records, but I one of the things I thought of when I saw the paper and read the paper and and with the title was, I wonder how the review process went. <laughs> mm. Uh, yeah. <laughs> how was how the review process um, for such a paper? Well, it's interesting. I mean, I'm, I'm rather new to the academic publishing world. I've, I should have perhaps said that in the beginning of, the, of introducing myself. I'm a PhD uh, candidate at the moment uh, at the University of Uppsala in the Department of Earth Sciences in an interdisciplinary research group on natural resources and sustainable development. Uh, and I've been within the academic world for a long time, but not in the, in the capacity of a PhD mm. candidate or, or engaged in writing academic publications. So for me, the whole, that whole world is, is rather new to me. Okay. So what I say is based on my very limited experience, but I think uh, the first paper that I published as a part of my PhD studies uh, went through quite a rigorous um, peer review process where we really had to you know, work work through a lot of the comments that came in, and it, it took a long, long time. Um, and uh, the review process for this article also took some time. I also realized that in, in the writing of this paper, you know, that there are also limits of critique, mm. and, and there's a risk sometimes when you yeah. critique something, and when you say that this is the problem, and this is, yeah. these are the power structures that we need to change, mm. that you actually risk lending support to them and strengthening them by critiquing them. So I, wow. that's sort of where. I think it's important to critique them, but I think it's also then important to step back and think about, well, how can things be done differently then okay. uh, to not, not get stuck in sort of just pointing fingers and saying, this is what's wrong with the world, but actually, mm. you know, living and doing things in, in ways that then go in a different direction. Yeah. Yeah. That's, um, that, that was a very good conclusion. Um, uh, yeah. I, 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 cause I'm, I'm asking this question because uh, we are sort of uh, also, I told you we are working on a temperature CO2 paper um and and that is that is of course also you know it's a very controversial uh topic and you have people on both sides um <laughs> and uh and we are looking at it from a very physical uh perspective and and uh you know it's i've been i've been literally writing the paper for a year now because you know, uh because the co-author the co-authors you know are just you know trying to make sure that we we try to stay in the gray area um <laughs> Uh, at least in maybe fifty percent of the paper, and then and then the other fifty percent, we you know we try to, in a very subtle way, make our point uh, you know, over there because there there are going to be a lot of questions and and this is sort of the first time that uh, the topic is being discussed from this perspective, uh, and so uh, it's uh, it's it's been quite interesting and uh, uh, we so we we even decided you know also to to pull in more more co-authors. Uh, uh, to help boost the, <laughs> at least first to help critique ourselves before we put, you know, we put something like that out there uh, for others to also critique. So, 
yeah um i look forward to to my review process as well <laughs> Thank you very much for listening to this episode of the Green Living Chat podcast, where we looked at how this unique paper uh, by Isaac Stoddard and co-authors came into fruition. And we hope that you have learned a lot throughout the discussions that we've had here. In the next episode, we'll be discussing the content of the paper and look at the different themes that were discussed under the whole topic of the global emissions and why we haven't been able to bend the curve after three decades of research and continual studies and discussions globally. Stay tuned for that and don't miss it.